I again don't have a joke prepared this week, but I know that I mean I gotta follow through on that. I think a, an opening joke would be a really good idea, but I want to make sure that it's like a a topical one, so something something cloud based. That'll be my goal. It sh- shifts us all up. Walking spirits. <laughs> up towards the cloud. Totally. So you need that that understanding of a cloud detection and response to say, okay, if an attacker is compromising and uh, uh, vulnerability on a container that is running in the cloud, that that attacker can basically, uh, let's say, if they he, he or she breaks into the container and then they can move laterally into the cloud through escalating privileges or what are the methods are, and then finally exfiltrate the data. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining. Thanks for being here. And welcome to this week's episode of Cybersecurity Standup. Um, my name is Bronwyn Hudson. Um, I'm the Uptick Social Media Manager, and I'm your host. Uh, today, I'm joined by Jack Rorig, our technology evangelist, and Sadarsan Kanan. He is our Director of Product Management. Thank you so much for joining, both of you. Really appreciate it. Um, this week, we're going to dive right in. Uh, we're talking about cloud detection and response, known by its acronym CDR. I know we all feel like we are constantly swimming in a alphabet soup of acronyms. So this topic is going to allow us not only to talk about some of the intricacies of CDR, but also explore uh, whether or not we need this acronym. Is CDR something that's happening and we're just following it up with the acronym? What are the differences between CDR and XDR? And we're going to get into all of that with um, with our guests today. So Siddharthan, if I can turn it over to you. Uh, for the first question, can you give us a high-level overview of what is CDR? Sure. Um, CDR, in my view, is all about how do you detect and respond to threats in the uh, cloud, cloud-native uh, world, starting with the hyperscalers like AWS, ECP, and Azure, right? So you have three different clouds, and, and you have multiple workloads running on them. You have the infrastructure, which are provided by uh, the cloud providers, and then on top of that, you have the uh, pass services. So the infrastructure providers provide IaaS, and then they also build pass services on top. And then you overlay SaaS applications, right? So at the end of the day, it's all about how do you make sure we detect for threats in the IaaS infrastructure? How do you detect threats in the pass layer? How do you detect threats in the SaaS layer, no matter what who the cloud providers are? And eventually trying to respond and remediate those across those cloud providers. That's the way I would, I would start the conversation. Well put. Jack, do you find that you agree with that? Like, how how universal is that definition? Universal. So that's a good. That's a very good word to to describe my journey over the last week. So when uh, we decided to do CDR as a topic, I thought I was like, "Oh, CDR. That's a buzzword. You know, that's just CSPM." And then I'm, you know, it it's so it was so intuitive, and I I learned so much by getting the team's opinions. I was like. I can see it being like a necessity, an integral part of a cloud security program. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, I, why did I, why did I think it was it was so simple? You know, so yeah, CDR uh, has become near and dear to my heart over the past week. Uh, I, I got a blog coming out about it, and it's titled like the blog's all about how I learned, but it's uh, you know titled like I, I was dumb or something like that. Or I, I was you know. How, like how I uh, was being ignorant about CDR for the last two years. I mean, I don't think you're uh, probably alone in that feeling because as as these new acronyms emerge, that's often the question is like, do we need this? Really, what is it? Hasn't it already been covered? So sure. 
what I want to dig into really is the difference between CDR and XDR. Does one encompass the other? Which which way does that umbrella land? Sudarsan, can you? Yeah. So that? there are different philosophies, different schools of thought. I don't think there's there's not a right or wrong answer to that, right? So if you think about XDR, the XDR terminology evolved from EDR, right? EDR is all about endpoint detection and response. And on top of EDR, uh, it was not enough because the threat actors became more sophisticated, right? Now there's now you have to look at beyond endpoints. You have to look at your networking layer. You have to look at your IAM layer. You have to look at your emails, right? So all of them together, that, that's what constitutes XDR. So if, if you think about it, one school of thought is, hey, XDR is covering all areas. Now if you add cloud to it, it's just an extension of XDR to the cloud. Some people call it a CXDR. I know Jack and I talked about this yesterday, <laughs> right? So there are different. I don't. I think those some people are me, uh, and John Morgan, and maybe Mark Hill, but that's it. <laughs> no, and you say there are different terminology. Industry uses different terminologies, but at the end of the day, it's just that how do you how do you if you extend this XDR concept to the cloud, how do you detect and respond in the cloud? Because cloud is a different beast a little bit. Because it's all made of APIs. It is about 40,000 APIs across, or even growing every day across all three cloud providers. How do you make sure you detect for those uh, uh, access space, or detect for the threats in the cloud based on how customers or, or threat actors access that APIs and how, what they can do once they gain access into the environment? How do you trace the users? How do you detect and how do you respond if at all, right? So, I mean, the other thought process is. Uh, that's one school of thought process. The other school of thought process is, hey, cloud native is a completely different beast, right? If you have, you have a container running on a workload uh, in an EC2 machine or a compute engine, now that is a completely different thing and and we cannot apply the XDR to the, the cloud world. So, I mean, there, there is no hard and fast rules. At the end of the day, it's all about if you can detect it, awesome. If you can respond to this, that's awesome from a customer angle. I don't know, Jack, what, what, what is your thought based on your conversations? I 100% agree, um, but I, I want to add some some more insights into my experience of you know over the years. So when we say cloud detection and response, typically we were referring to the the three major public clouds, right? Um, the cloud could be something we host on prem, it could be part of our prem, but in this context, it's AWS, Azure, GCP, you know, that kind of lot of things. And if you look at how those those companies were developed. They were designed for developers to rapidly prototype and then rapidly scale. So imagine you're, you have an idea and you go, you prototype in AWS and AWS gives you all these tools, proprietaries, or some of them are based on open source, but there's a lot, you know, and there's all these moving parts that are all, all these different modules that are involved. And then there's a control plane and there are logs. You know, there's a whole bunch of data that doesn't really exist in an on-premise environment necessarily. On-premise environments were generally run more simple because they didn't need to have this tool set available to everyone. Um, so things became much more complicated. We needed, in order to do detection and response in the cloud, we need to track across you know, people accessing S3 buckets, modified IAM rules. You know, it's, it's not just a matter of monitoring the operating system and the operating system state uh, of course, and then the operating system, like the rest in an active state, right? That that I think, and I think it's interesting you say EDR involving into XDR because I've thought about that one a lot, Sadarson, and I think you you put it really well. Um, it's you know 
I was always like, where did XDR come from? Well, what happened to HIDs? You know, right? What happened to host intrusion detection systems? And it's, it was kind of a, like a merger of technologies as, as EDR became not enough because of, of the sophistication of the increased technology, right? And the, the even in the data centers, right? Storage arrays becoming more uh, feature rich and uh, more inter interoperability across data centers in different regions. So this is, uh, a CDR is just this necessary thing that evolved out of the increased complexity of the, the world of hosting websites. Yeah, uh, spot on, uh, Jack, because if you think about it to your point, those uh, IDS, IPS, uh, the old school, right, that all merged into XDR, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. So the one thing that I always believe that in the cloud world, this is where the differences are, right? The cloud world is a little bit different because when you have containers, how do you, because majority of the customers, when they run on cloud, they run on cloud native. Yes, granted, there are some some organizations that run uh, just a AMIs and VMs and whatnot. But as the app modernization continues to progress, a lot of, when a lot of organizations are moving to microservices and they have containers, right? The moment you get into container world, it's a completely different thing, especially when it comes to incident response or investigation. You cannot use a traditional XDR tools to really do that incident response and all that in the cloud, right? So you need that that understanding of a cloud detection and response to say, okay, if an attacker is compromising and uh, uh, vulnerability on a container that is running in the cloud, that that attacker can basically, um, uh, let's say if they, he or she breaks into the container and then they can move laterally into the cloud through escalating privileges or what are the methods are and then finally exfiltrate the data, you need to follow the user wherever the user goes starting from your containers all the way to the control plane that Jack you're talking about, and and basically complete the whole loop from a detection, that requires a different tool set that you cannot just deal with just XDR alone, right? That is where the industry has to evolve beyond just XDR to really detect and remediate threats in the cloud. Remediation is a different problem, we'll talk about that, but just purely on the de detection alone, we need to shift our mindset a little bit beyond just XDR. Exactly. It's it's like a, a modularizational, like it's got in a module there, XDR. So XDR could do CDR. Like an XDR company could come out and just build that in and it might not be a modular function. But I, I think that would be, a, you know, kind of anti-pattern design, right? Because we don't want our security software offerings to grow without optionality, right? I don't want to, when I was a CISO uh, very recently, like I didn't want to go and purchase some software that did all this stuff I didn't need because then people would start using it. Like my team would start deploying these things. They'd be like, no, th this tool's good at XDR. They're not good at this other thing over here, right? So, the, you know, the modularity of it all allows us to bring certain things in. And uh, it also kind of puts some check to checks and balances in place. So if a company wasn't good at something, right, we wouldn't buy that portion of that thing. Uh, but I, yeah, it's interesting too to think about um, with containers uh, related to CDR. Container security it started off with a bunch of uh, startups that were really interested in container to container breach, right? This idea of breaking through the, the container boundaries, and it has evolved into so much more. And I think that that's what, you know, container security is kind of being brought into CDR a bit. Is That's not just the control planes and, and the orchestration platforms, right? It's There's, there's more to it than that. It's it, Containers have kind of, evolved into needing their own kind of XDR, more more than just the traditional container security. I mean, gosh, that was only three or four years ago. But container security, yeah, you know, meaning like 
container to container breach. It says that. I think it's a good point, Jack, because I think you talked about container security, right? I think you touched upon two things. One is the infrastructure layer, the orchestration layer. I mean, I I, I want to uh, touch on that a little more deeper. I love what you mentioned. I If I were to, I would add one other layer, which is the runtime security to the container sparse. When you bring orchestration, which is Kubernetes, right? And then you have infrastructure like uh, your IAM logs in the cloud, your network logs, like a VPC flow logs in AWS case, if you only DNS logs, right? That's the infrastructure, the control plane layer logs. And then you need to bring in the, the orchestration logs like Kubernetes logs, and then the container runtime logs. All these three together, if you are running in the cloud environment, you need to have a complete visibility into all three, three different types of logs to really define a CDR, right? Otherwise, you're just missing a piece of the puzzle when you want to do detection uh, in the cloud, right? That's the way that the industry has to think about CDR. Whether an organization call it as XDR in the cloud or they can say it's a pure CDR, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you need to have three capabilities to solve the problem. So I'm so curious about, I, f- I feel like even in my uh, you know, marketing background, CDR seems to be this contentious topic. It's like, not only how are we defining it, but do we need it? Like, But it's, it really, really sounds like we do. Can you speak to why why is this such a contentious topic? No, because I think it's more about the industry's thought process has to evolve because we are coming from an XDR world, right? When you're coming from an XDR world, we a lot of customer, a lot of organizations think that, oh, why can't I use XDR in the cloud? But the challenge is you cannot, you're missing the other piece, which is basically the infrastructure that uh, Jack touched upon. You need the control plane layer log. Otherwise, you're missing the very key piece of detection in the cloud. So there you can ask, hey, now if you add, uh, infrastructure logs like IAM logs or the cloud trail in AWS on top of XDR. Isn't that CDR? Maybe. Now then you have to think about, do you want to add, uh, let's say DNS logs? Do you want to add uh, VPC flow logs from AWS? Then you keep adding more and more logs to really see what is happening in the environment. You know, we expanded the scope of XDR now, right? That is where it has to evolve. So XDR is not enough in the cloud. You need to go beyond XDR to get to the cloud. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. You know, um, it, it's uh, it, it's interesting to me because I I, wa- I watch the breach scene a lot. Is that a thing? The breach scene. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, if you look, I I used to. So I had I had a research project when COVID hit, where I was uh, assembling breach database information and then using that for executive protection by building up. You know, trying to assemble personas, multiple online personas, and cross reference them. And one of the things that I noticed based on the analysis of, and I'm not talking about the breach database stuff you get from raid forums or whatever, right? But I'm, uh, you know, I'm the, the maybe on the dark net. You know, I, I learned how to like read and write Russian better to uh, to do this project. So I was getting the full data sets. And these full data sets, it was very clear uh, the breaches that were occurring were happening because of things that traditional XDR wouldn't catch, right? Configuration errors, um, um, but more sophisticated than things than CSPMs would catch, right? And you know, throughout this whole research project, working with this data, it made me think more and more about the necessity for bespoke security, depending on the architecture of an application, or go full guns blazing and deploy a platform that gives you the modularity, you know, has the whole thing. I gotta, pl- I gotta plug my Lord and Savior here, Uptix, but. Um, it, you know, it, the, the CDR piece, 
that's the thing. It, it never clicked to me until like a couple, what was it last week, Brian, when we started working on this? Yeah, and I'm like, CDR, I'm like, that's just another, you know, that's just a CSPM with a couple things that another. I'm like, wait, this is that thing I've been thinking about for three years or two years. Yeah, no, definitely not CSPM because CDR can solve so much of uh, uh, detection problems. I mean, they can address detection capabilities. Three point is another example is right. We talked about CDR. What kind of detections can you do? Right? There are different types of detections. When you talk to detection engineering folks, you talk about anomaly detection. You talked about you can talk about uh, pattern based behavioral based detection. Right. A CDR, a true CDR should actually bring all this together and then really elevate the concept of correlation or deterministic way or some statistical way, bring that on the top and try to make it happen from a from a detection standpoint. That is econometrics. Yeah? Econometrics, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be, wouldn't that be cool? Like we we had like a bunch of qualifiers and quantifiers and all that that we put into an econometrics. Yeah, thing. And, we, we all have our jobs. Yeah, and there are a lot of tools in the industry today where you pull in the logs and all that. Yes, you, you, can they do? Maybe, but again, you have to really see: can they go and can they detect at scale? Number one, can they do that level of correlation without writing any rules, or can can you do it in in a more automated fashion based on the patterns that you recognize? Can you bring all that together? That is where we have to go as an industry, right? So if you think about CDR, the, the, the industry started with basically simple uh, rules where you have, if you have, a, if you see a single event in your log, just raise a detection, right? That has to evolve. Yes, that's good. But that has to go beyond just a single rules where we say, hey, we found a detection, let's say uh, an IAM action in AWS, right? If you look at IAM action in AWS, that can happen 10 million times within a day. You do not want to, do a detection just based on one eye action, right? That creates, that's going to create a lot of false positives. The value of a CDR tool should be where it can take a sequence of events together and then look for patterns in that and say, okay, here there is a real something that you want to investigate, right? That is where the industry has to evolve. And then overlay on top of that some anomalies, right? Bring that all together and increase or increase your um, signal to noise ratio. But yes, all of CDR comes together. Thank you from uh, every CISO that, that I've worked with, like the alert fatigue, you know, the event fatigue. Um, I was just, I think it was yesterday, I saw a post by uh, uh, someone on Twitter, it was, uh, like, it was Dr. Anton Chinook, and it was about, uh, it was a survey, uh, you know, has your sim, sim generated more noise than your EDR, EDR generated more, you know, uh, like false positive, you know, noise fatigue. And the, the results were like, Overwhelmingly, that EDR you know generates a bunch of data that's not actionable, and that's true generally, right? Because it requires a lot of configuration. Um, so it's it's interesting because if we if you got the behavioral you know anomaly detection down very well, you could really refine that stuff in granularity so that you're presenting things that are extremely actionable have like you know a lot of uh, data behind them that is correlated from multiple sources. Uh, it's all stitched together and, you know, might give you a visualization of an attack pattern, that sort of thing. Uh, that's what I think CDR is going to evolve into in a more sophisticated way in the very near future. Absolutely. And as part on uh, to that point, Jack, right? So uh, you talk about attack path and all that. So it's the industry is moving towards that where it's, it's, it has become a predictive tool 
but I think it has to be more detective as well in nature, right? You can only, if there's an attack happen, you have to only that and show how the attack actually happened. That would be super helpful for IR specialists and forensics people to see how the actual attack happened through through attack surface management or attack, attack path analysis. That would be fantastic. I think- I've been there. Yeah. I've been, I've been a consumer of it and like, oh, it's, it is so nice. What I can see that attack path analysis or like the risk analysis, like some platforms might say the security groups open, there's this, you know, RCE vulnerability, you know, that's a three day vulnerability that exists on a machine over here. And they link it to this, another machine that has a high like level of data sensitivity. And I'm just like, what do you just do? Like do making my job so much more pleasant, not easier. Right. Um, but, but more fun, more challenging. Right, yeah. and then you know, I get to focus on the things that matter rather than parsing data. Yeah, and and one thing that I mean, I know all these terms are are the industry analysts come up with terms based on the the market where the market is going. So we are hearing a lot of uh, uh, what do you call uh, acronyms like CNAP, CDR, CSPM, CIM, all that, right? So if you really think uh, as CDR is a component, it's not a separate market; it's a component within the CNAP. Put it that way. Right? That's the way that we have to think about. That's where Gartner describes it, right? So yeah, uh, it's all about that's yeah. It's a confidence. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Uh, we we just did a piece on on CNAP and uh, CNAP. Wow, Gartner's release on CNAP was was something else. It was like really uh, uh, awesome, grandiose. Even you know, like it was this major thing that was would be a cultural shift the way we operate, but. Uh, yes, CER would be a necessary component of a CNAP in order to function correctly, in my in my opinion, and it would be part of something that would uh, you know be a be a tool in the back in the back end that would be exposed in a UI that were view based um, to multiple different roles in the company outside of security, allowing people to consume CDR data without actually knowing it's CDR data. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of sweet. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. This, this fits so well in this, like the overarching conversation of why are there so many acronyms and why are there so many more than there used to be? But it sounds like in some cases, acronyms are just a response to things that are already happening in the industry. In this, I, I don't, it, it's a culture. culture in this category. I've been criticized so many times, look, in a, a tongue in cheek way throughout, not just my career, but my life, because I, I use a lot of acronyms. Uh, I remember one time I was, uh, I was doing an integration project from an acquisition, and we had we hired Deloitte. We had these three Deloitte consultants. We're probably paying like you know a thousand bucks an hour or two. And I joined a meeting twelve to fifteen minutes late, and two of my team members were kind of like chuckling. And we get to the read, and at the end of the meeting, when the Gartner or Gartner, when the uh, Deloitte folks left, I said, "What's so funny, guys?" And the, the, they said, uh, "The first ten minutes of the meeting." These guys were saying, can you follow along with anything he says? There's so many acronyms. We're just Googling constantly and taking notes. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, I wish somebody would just tell me so that I would stop, you know, using all the, these acronyms in, in, like, my real-life social settings as well. <laughs> totally. It's acronym soup. <laughs> really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we're doing our best to to do events like this where we can not only define it, but just, like, give a little bit of clarity and explain what these actually stand for in the first place and why that's relevant. Um, So 
uh, I'm just scanning our questions here. Please feel free to keep adding questions. Uh, and thank you so much for everyone who's joining our live. We will have more information about this topic um, super soon. Jack has a blog coming out imminently. And uh, we'd love to dive into this, you know, the interest of this topic. So please keep your questions coming. Um, and so Darson and Jack, this has been a very educational topic for me. And I really appreciate your time on this one. Are there any uh, concluding thoughts you'd like to share? Anything you wish that people knew about CDR? Um, I wouldn't say not. Just the way I would think about this, if I were running a security operations center or if I were running a detection and response engineering team in the organization, right? What I would be thinking about is what I, I'm advocating here. Think about uh, how you want to go beyond XDR, whether the current tool set that uh, organizations have, is it good enough to detect in the cloud? And especially while you're running the containers and modern workloads in the cloud or serverless for that matter, is the tool set enough, number one? Number two, keep in mind that attackers have become more sophisticated. I'm sure the, 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 all the, the listeners know that already. But that means we have to evolve our thinking from the old school of XDR into the cloud because it's all API-driven. It's all API-driven. The cloud works differently. Does the tool set is enough, number one? And are you ready to consume the scale of logs that the cloud providers are pushing out? Can you even consume those logs, number two? Third one is, do you, can you use an existing tool set to correlate and detect all that? If not, then think about a CDR. Ask that question to yourself and uh, see if you're ready for from a tool perspective. People and process, of course, that's different. People, of course, you have to train your people, you have to adapt to your process when it comes to remediation, all that, that's different. But from a tool set, think about it and see what is applicable, what is not applicable, and then start educating yourself and your team to, to take the next step in detecting and preventing threats in the cloud. Well put. You know, if, yeah. if try turning your DNS, yeah, if you turn your DNS logs up to like the highest verbosity, you're getting uh, quite a few lines per second, per microsecond that are flowing through there. It, it's hard to consume that data. But I, I'd say my big, my takeaway is uh, give this acronym a chance. It's actually super important. And I was overlooking it just because I'm cynical. Uh, but I have to, I do want to make a public apology for the uh, my involvement in CXDR. Um, the company uh, that I was working with, we had great intentions but we, um, I don't know why you didn't capitalize the X, uh, and the the acronym would not have been a welcome addition to, to our community. But I think CDR, CDR's got got my vote. All right, <laughs> thank you for your public apology. <laughs> so maybe we'll someday you will investigate the lowercase X. Maybe we'll solve that mystery. <laughs> There's, I, I've already, we've had a lot of discussion about a post mortem. Yeah, no, we can figure it out. Amazing. Well, thank you both so much for your time today. And thank you to our audience for joining Cybersecurity Standup. And we will see you in cyberspace.